Bibles and meet me in Psalm 34. And let's drop down to verse 9 as we get ready today to receive the holy tithes and offerings. I want to share a verse with you, two verses actually, that will build your faith to experience God's prosperity in your life. Verse 9, O fear the Lord, you his saints. The word fear in the Hebrew denotes a wonderful reverence and respect that you have for God. It also carries an underlying meaning of worship. So when it says, O fear the Lord, you could actually say, O worship the Lord. And it says, There is no want to those who fear, to those who worship Him. There's no want. There's no lack to the worshipers. As we receive the tithes and offerings, we need to understand that God loves those who worship Him. And I believe even, how can we say, there's targeted worship, because God is so awesome, so manifest in His goodness, that we can even celebrate Him in specific areas. Verse 10, the young lions lack and suffer hunger. The young lions who are so strong and so fast, yet even sometimes they have off days and they can't catch the antelope, they can't catch the gazelle, and they go to sleep hungry. And, you know, if times are tough, if there's uh, maybe a famine or a drought, it's not raining, even these noble lions with their great strength, they all feel the strain of such pressure. But it says, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. There's no lack to those who seek the Lord. You know, there's never been a Christian who has worshiped the Lord who's ever died of starvation. Oh, there, there have been Christians who have died of starvation, and there's been many people who have perished from famine and drought and the devastating effects of that by not having enough food or enough water. But there has never been a Christian who has got on their knees, raised their hands, and worshiped the Lord. Because for the worshiper, there's no lack. Wow, that, that's amazing. My friends, right now we are well into our 40-day prayer challenge of seeking the Lord early in the morning for 40 days. And during your prayer time, you can worship the Lord. Remember, Jesus taught the disciples prayer by opening up the prayer with the following statement. This is how you pray. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Well, what's God's name? How about Jehovah Jireh? See, if you have lack in your life, you don't have to just keep asking God and asking God, Lord, help me, help my finances, help my finances. Do this. In your prayer time, lift your hands in worship. Father, hallowed be your name. You're my provider. You're Jehovah Jireh. And just worship, worship him, worship him, celebrate God. Hallelujah. And the more you worship the Lord, the more you will see God begin to move in your life and lack just begins to leave sometimes unexplainably, but it's the power of God removing lack. It's the blessing of God coming in and God loves to be worshiped. Praise the Lord. So there's never been a person in the history of the earth, in the, in, in the planet's history who has ever died of starvation, who was a worshiper worshipers, God breaks through for. Worshipers, God does miracles for. Worshipers, God removes lack 
for them. So while you're praying and while you're going about your day, always just make time to worship the Lord and just boldly say, Lord, you know, Lord, you're, you're Jehovah Jireh. You're the God who revealed that, that character of your identity to Abraham when you provided a ram for him out in the middle of nowhere on top of a mountain and you provided it right when he needed it. How about that? A ram got its horns caught in the thicket, got all tangled up. And here's Abraham saying, well, I need a sacrifice. And he turns around and there's the ram. How about that? That's, that's not coincidence. That's Jehovah Jireh. And you'll find these financial miracle coincidences. Oh no, they're not coincidences. They're miracles wrought by the hands of Jehovah Jireh for those who worship him. So I'm just saying boldly worshiping, Lord, you're my provider. Lord, I do worship you. You really are Jehovah Jireh. And God will reveal himself to you in that facet, in that facet, in that dimension of who he is as you worship him. Heavenly Father, I pray for your people as they bring the tithes and offerings now into your storehouse so that this work might go forth into all the world, the preaching the gospel. I pray, Father, that they ponder worshiping you and that they they step into a greater role of worship father we thank you even as we're on the prayer journey let there be time to hallow your name thank you father we thank you for the working of your holy spirit who inspires us to worship you father we thank you that there's no lack to those who worship and fear you in jesus name bless your people father with no lack and let them be worshipers in Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. I really do believe that the Lord is going to reveal himself to you as Jehovah Jireh. I, I really believe that. Hallelujah. Wow. Glory to God. So get ready for that. Now, today, let us go to Deuteronomy chapter 8, praise the Lord, and talk today about a plan that God has for the expansion of your wealth. Oh, praise the Lord. Let's take a look at this. We will begin today in Deuteronomy chapter 8. And Heavenly Father, as we're turning our Bibles to this Holy Scripture, we ask that your Holy Spirit would touch our hearts and illuminate. Let the flashlight, the inner illuminating of your Spirit shine bright, that we can see the specific tailor-made plan that you have for our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18, and you shall remember the Lord your God. Now, this is in the context of God giving you power to acquire wealth. And it says, you shall remember the Lord your God. You shall remember. You shall remember. I believe pride is rooted in unthankfulness. Pride is basically looking at all God has done in your life and not really appreciating it, not being thankful for it. So my friends, we always want to worship the Lord and thank the Lord and remember that he is the origin, the author, the source of every good thing that flows into our lives. Praise the Lord. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. He gives you power to get wealth. Why do you need power? 
Well, because in order to get wealth in this economic world and in this world system in which we live, it's like going uphill. You need power. You don't really need power to go downhill because gravity does its part and it will pull you downhill. But if you're wanting to go uphill, preferably you need some power. Praise God. That's why with cars, the, the power of the engine is measured by a, a formula that's called horsepower. And the more horsepower you have, the faster you can go and the quicker you can get up to speed and so forth. And so I believe that God wants to give you his power. Uh, we're not really talking about horsepower. We're talking about God's power. We're not talking about manpower, horsepower, or any other kind of power. We're talking about God's power helping you to go uphill in a world that is designed to take you where you don't want to go. So this is why you need this power, the power of God to get wealth. You need the power because there is opposition. And the, the Bible quite clearly identifies the opposition. You see that in Deuteronomy chapter 9, how it talks about uh, God's basically saying, I've given you the land. You're going to have to go in to possess the land. Verse 2, a people great and tall, the descendants of the Anakim, whom you know and of whom you heard. It said, who can stand before the descendants of Anak? Therefore understand today that the Lord your God is he who goes over before you as a consuming fire. He will destroy them and bring them down before you. So you shall drive them out and destroy them quickly as the Lord has said to you. So the Lord gives you the land. You must now go possess the land. That's why you need the power. You need the power to possess it because the adversary and opponents, they're basically saying, well, you may come and try to take it, but we're not going to give it up. Well, there is the enemy, the devil and his dark kingdom that would try to withstand the work of God. But greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, the spirit of God living on the inside of you, quickening you with life giving power will help you to go uphill and to conquer and to step into all that God has planned for you. Of course, in uh, Deuteronomy chapter nine, verse one, we see that this power is for the acquiring, the possessing of land. Now it's the power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant. There's a purpose. God has a purpose. Hallelujah. And God's got things that he has destined for you to do, and you need his power to accomplish it. So it's the power to get what? It's the power to get wealth and to get it without covetousness, to get it without greed, to get it without lying, to get it without cheating, to get it without doing somebody else wrong to get it the right way. Praise God. There is a power to get wealth. Now there's many different forms of wealth. We have wealth such as cash. Of course, cash is very liquid. You could take cash and most things you can buy with cash, go out and, uh, you know, buy a television with cash or so forth. So you have cash as a form of wealth. You have silver, you have gold, and in many ways, wealth is all around us. Wealth can be that of a vehicle, of a home. There's the wealth of stocks that perhaps you would acquire. There are stocks, bonds, mutual funds. You could also uh, get into commodities, different forms of investment where you begin to acquire various types of wealth. And wealth can be in many forms. But today, 
Today, I want to talk about a form of wealth that God desires to give you the power to get. Wow. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. With that in mind, let us now move from Deuteronomy 8, 18, and let us go over to 2 Chronicles chapter 32. God is going to expand your wealth. Now, wealth can be expanded in many different ways, but I want you to see something today that I believe to be a particular area of wealth that God wants you to expand in. We are now in 2 Chronicles 32, verse 27. And I, I ask today that you listen with, with prophetic ears, that the eyes of your heart be open to what I believe that the Holy Spirit is emphasizing in this window of anointing that we're in right now, that you can go through a door, that you can go through and see the anointing, the smoothness of it, the grace of God enabling you, empowering you to acquire wealth and a particular kind of wealth. Second Chronicles 32 verse 27, Hezekiah had very great riches and honor. Praise the Lord. I need to read it again. Hezekiah had very great riches and honor. You must be very careful that you do not criticize the prosperity of God, the servants of God who walk in prosperity and your brothers and sisters in Christ, maybe some that are ahead of you financially. You must be very careful that you don't criticize them, that you don't allow yourself to get over in the flesh. And now you look with a, an envious eye, a jealous eye, and now you become critical because they have something that you have not yet come into. Guard your heart against criticism of prosperity. Because if you criticize it, you are actually shooting yourself in the foot. Criticizing prosperity and those who have it reminds me of the old uh, show, the old um, Andy Griffith show with Sheriff Taylor and, and Deputy Barney Fife. And uh, Barney Fife was, you know, nervous, and he was uh, he was a lawman, a policeman, but uh, you know he he didn't really know what he was doing, and so the sheriff would uh, give him a gun uh, with only one bullet in it, and you know because he didn't trust him with anything else. And sometimes when something unexpected happened, you know Barney Fife is trying to pull that gun out, and he, he's he's so nervous and anxious, and he's trying to get that gun out that he's pulling so hard and yanking it. Well, you know, of course, he ends up pulling the trigger and shooting himself in the foot. My friends, don't shoot yourself in the foot. Don't criticize the very avenue or vehicle of blessing that God wants to bring into your life. That which you criticize, you would actually hold back. You would hold back from what the angels would like to bring into your life. Don't, don't criticize it. You're basically saying, I don't want that. So you must, you must guard against that. It's, um, it's in churches. It's certainly in the world where you can have drug dealers drive Rolls Royces, uh, you can have uh, uh, billionaires who uh, just spew forth profanities and have no no moral standard, and they, they can fly you know multi million dollar uh, jet aircraft, and the world doesn't say anything about that. You can have all forms of hedonism 
and and abuse of power and just opulence surrounding this and the world applauds it and says it's good but if a christian has money the world immediately says oh no 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 you're not supposed to have that you're supposed to be poor and uh, you know especially if if a minister is blessed they'll say oh you're you're not supposed to be uh, uh demonstrating any outward signs of of being uh financially blessed you're you're supposed to be um impoverished don't you know that's the devil that if we don't have any money we can't preach the gospel we can't get on radio we can't get on television we can't buy airtime we can't buy satellite time we can't buy cameras we can't have a staff we can't pay for a staff we can't have a building to meet in we, we wouldn't have anything if we yield it to these romanticized ideas of poverty my friends don't ever ever romanticize poverty poverty is absolute filth it's it's evil there that's why there's no poverty in heaven there's there's no poor children walking on the tops of trash heaps and garbage dumps in heaven with worms in their body diseases in their body and no doctors to help them no medicine to help them but oh i'm telling you poverty is awful it's evil and it's it's a it's a product of sin praise the lord now i know the king james version talks about poverty of spirit but that's not talking about poverty of finances poverty of spirit is basically recognizing your inner need for god and your your own lack and your own inability to do certain things uh, beyond a certain point and you must have faith and trust in God that's what poverty of spirit is but that's not talking about poverty of finances because if we're all poor then we're going to be in a very sad condition and we're not going to be able to reach the world with the gospel so my friends don't criticize prosperity and don't romanticize poverty what I mean by romanticize is don't make something that's awful look good Uh, don't don't try to dress up poverty and say it's beautiful don't act like being homeless is noble being homeless is awful i know what i'm talking about okay uh having no food is not is it's not some kind of feeling of being holy and spiritual having no food is no fun having no food doesn't make you feel like you're holy it 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 tempts you to grumble and to get mad at God. Oh, praise the Lord, my friends. Hallelujah. Mm-mm-mm. Don't romanticize poverty. Poverty is no fun. No fun at all. Barefoot when it's 10 degrees cold or freezing is no fun. Hallelujah. Children without proper clothing, your own children hungry and starving. Oh, no fun. Mm-mm. Hallelujah. That's evil. That's the devil. Resist it and fight it so don't romanticize poverty and be happy for those who are blessed be happy for your employer that your employer can employ people be thankful for your company well pastor Stephen, those big corporations you know they're just all greedy and they shouldn't make so much money uh okay so what are we supposed to do shut down all the corporations if you do that you've wrecked the economy of your nation and now you can descend back into a third world country how about that no running water no public uh, wastewater systems, no public sewer, no, elect- uh, no, no electricity, electricity going on and off. You never know what it's going to be on. I've been in countries like that. You never know when the power is going to be up, and you never know when it's going to go off, and it goes off all the time. It's awful. 
I've been in countries where there is no public sewer system. There's just a trench that somebody dug in the ground. I'm talking about in cities. Whoo, not, not even in rural areas. I'm talking about in cities. You smell the poverty. It stinks. You smell the trash because there's no landfill. There's nowhere to take the trash to. So they just let it pile up, pile up, pile up. And it just, it just stays there and rots and the smell permeates the air. Oh, that's, that's fun. Pastor Stephen. No, it's not. It's called decay and rot and poverty, and it gives birth to disease and bacteria and germs and all kinds of problems. It's not holy. It's a big problem. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Okay, so be happy. Be happy for old King Hezekiah. Don't be mad. Don't be jealous at King Hezekiah. If you start getting upset, watch it. Don't let that old jealous spirit come on you. Then Hezekiah humbled him. uh, Excuse me. That's verse 26. Let me get back to 27. Hezekiah had very great riches. And that that came after humility and walking with the Lord, being obedient to the Lord. And he made himself treasuries for silver. See, when a nation is prospering, you can have treasuries. Well, Pastor Stephen, here in America, we should just have more free stuff. You know, after all, some of these other countries, you know, they have, they have a health care policy from the day you're born to the day you die, and they have a better educational system, and they have all of these perks and benefits. We should have that. We should have that here, Pastor Stephen. Here's the thing. If you have the money and your nation has the surplus, you can do it. But if you can't afford to do it, guess what? You can't have it. Well, we should have it anyhow. You can't have it if nobody can pay for it. Well, we, we, need to, we need to take it for these people then so that we can give it to them. No, 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 no. We need to have the surplus. If there's no surplus, you can't do stuff like that. Well, Pastor Stephen, they have it in the United Arab Emirates. Yes. And they have lots of oil money. And if you have a country that has a tremendous surplus with so much wealth like that, then you can have health insurance for everybody. Anybody can go to the doctor anytime you want, anything you need, medical, dental, vision, anything. Need surgery? Come on in. We'll do it for free. It's covered by the government. Well, I wish we had that, Pastor Stephen. Well, that's why a nation needs to prosper. That's why you need to have uh, businesses and corporations and all of these things that are the engines of the economy up and running and operating. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. And if you have the treasuries, now you can do all these extra things. Praise the Lord. And so we want our nation to prosper. I believe under the leadership of President Trump, our nation is going into a place of prosperity that will be greater than anything we've ever seen before. Hallelujah. Praise God. I really like President Trump. I'm praying for him. And I believe that God has his hand on that man's life and that God raised him up to save America from destruction and going over the cliff into absolute total destruction. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So yes, I'm a big supporter of President Trump. I pray for him daily. Don't get mad at me if you're Democrat. I prayed for President Obama all the time. But now that President Trump is in office, I'm praying for him. And I believe he's God's man and that God's working mightily through him. An imperfect vessel who isn't right except for Jesus, but he's God's man. And we have a responsibility to pray for him. Praise the Lord. How about that? I prayed for president Obama. I prayed for him even when I didn't vote for him, but yet I prayed for him 
And now a lot of people, they don't want to pray for President Trump. Well, if you're a Christian, you have a duty to pray for him, whether you voted for him or not. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I like praying for him. I believe a new level of, of wealth is coming back to this nation and that the, the treasuries of our nation are going to be filled up again. And you're going to see America do a lot of neat things. Ooh, oh, I'm excited. I better stay on track. Oh, uh, the Lord is really going to revamp the American space program. Hallelujah. Mm -mm. That's a different story. Hezekiah had very great riches and honor, and he made himself treasuries for silver, for gold. Why do you make treasuries? Because you've got so much of it, you've got to put it somewhere. You have so much national prosperity flowing in. Well, you've got to do something with this, okay? So let's get it all organized and get it in safekeeping. Also for precious stones. The, the diamonds, the rubies, the, the emeralds, the amethysts, the sapphires, all these beautiful stones. They had, they had a national collection, okay, for spices. You know, every time you eat pepper, you take pepper and you crack the, pep, the fresh pepper or on your vegetables or whatever, you really need to praise the Lord. I, I know that sounds funny, but, but for a long, long time, only kings and nobility and royalty could ever eat pepper. So the fact that you can eat pepper is a sign that you're a blessed person. Hallelujah. Okay. So they had storehouses for spices, for shields, and th those were golden shields, and for all kinds of desirable items. Mm, how about that? What does that mean? A lot, a lot of good stuff. All kinds of desirable items. Look, look, God, God is the author of Psalm 112, verse 3, wealth and riches will be in the house of the righteous man. Ooh, hallelujah. Your house, your house. First of all, you should have a house, praise God. And there should be wealth and riches in it. Some desirable things. What does that mean? That means stuff that you personally like. Ooh, hallelujah. Mm. Yes. Verse 28, storehouses for the harvest of grain, wine, and oil, and stalls for all kinds of livestock, and folds for flocks. Verse 29, Moreover, he provided cities for himself and possessions of flocks and herds in abundance for God. Watch this. Here's the prophetic word today for you. Are you ready? For God, not the devil, for God had given him very much property. Wow. This, this is not just that King Hezekiah had property. Understand what the scripture says. God gave him property. He had an anointing. I'm telling you, there is an anointing from God to acquire property. And there's an open window of heaven over us right now to receive it and to get it. Do you believe that? Do you get a witness of the spirit on that? There is an anointing from God to go forth and acquire property. And I tell you what, it was all over. That anointing was all over King Hezekiah. And he was he was a person that was just gobbling up land in a good way, in a good way, because this, this is a national boom. Look, national religious revival, national economic revival, all going on at the same time. Th this is the man that God raised up to bring back the teaching of the law, to bring back the people into the commandments uh, 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 of, of God, that they might walk in the blessing, and the blessing is in full gear. Woo, Hallelujah. And so he was acquiring property with no strain. I believe that God this year, okay, listen to me. 
this year God is going to help you to acquire property. Now there's many there's many aspects of wealth. We've, we've already seen some of it mentioned here. Uh, silver, gold, precious stones, desirable items, gold shields, storehouses for grain, wine, oil, the, uh, even livestock, all different variables, definitions of what wealth is. But here is a here is a facet of wealth which is ownership of property ownership of property and I believe God's going to give that to you Woo! I feel the anointing mm. look whether it's land whether it's a house whether it's an apartment complex that you buy whether it's a building whether it's a half acre a quarter acre or 700 acres okay there is an anointing now now for the acquiring of property. It was all over Hezekiah. May the same Holy Spirit touch you today with an anointing. And you need to look. You need to look because God can bless you. God can drop a piece of property into your lap in the sense where um, you're just like, Lord, I really feel that you want me to get that piece of land or you want me to invest in this and buy this. You might not even need it, but God wants you to have it. Hmm. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I had a, a piece of property donated to the ministry one time. My wife and I, re, we uh, received it into the ministry. Didn't really know uh, what we were going to do with it initially. Uh, initially we thought, well, after we thought about it, maybe we'll build a personal house there. But we realized, well, this, this land is for the Lord. And so, you know, let, we're going to use it fully for the Lord because we could put a parsonage on it and also put a, um, a ministry center, but we'll just keep it. We'll keep it solely for the Lord. And we begin to pray about it and think about it because we didn't really know what to do with it. But the time came when the Lord said, I want you to sell it. I said, well, Lord, I, I've been, you know, getting the land cleared and getting the land developed. And I thought we would, we would build the ministry center on it. And the Lord said, no, I, I want you to sell it. And we sold it and we were able to use that money to buy another ministry property. Praise God that moved us forward in the plan of God for our lives. So God wants you to acquire property. There's going to be anointing to get it. Verse 30 this same Hezekiah also stopped the water outlet of Upper Gihon and brought the water by tunnel to the west side of the city of David. Hezekiah prospered in all his works. Now, coming back, it's very important to remember, verse 29, that God was the one that gave him a lot of property. God gave him a lot of property. Property is a form of wealth. God gave him a special anointing in the area of acquiring property. Let me read a verse to you uh, from Micah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. I want you to, I want you to consider this today of God's blessing on your life regarding property. Glory to Jesus. Lord, we just give you praise. This is Micah chapter 4, and this is verse 4. But everyone, that includes you, but everyone shall sit under his vine and under his fig tree, and no one shall make them afraid, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. What is that? That's the acquiring of personal property. Okay? There can be personal property, 
There can be expansion of a businessman buying more property for what they need for their business or their corporation. But there is the stretching forth of wealth, the expanding of wealth through the acquiring of various types of property. Here we have the acquiring of land, but everyone shall sit under his vine and under his fig tree. That's having your own house, your own grapevine, your own fig tree. Just walk out of your house and, hey, there's your own grapevine. Walk over and get some grapes. And you can make grape juice uh, in the fall. And then over here, you've got your own fig tree. Just walk out of your house in the morning and, and eat your own figs off your own fig tree. Everybody having that. No one shall make them afraid. You're not, you're not, that's because there's such security. Your, your national military is so strong that nobody dare touch the nation because you're, too, you're so strong because there'll be retaliation and the enemy doesn't want to risk that because they know your great strength and they know that God is with you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. By the way, this is a verse that our first president here in America, George Washington, he actually quoted this verse in speeches over 50 times. How about that? And his home, Mount Vernon, was a property that consisted of 7,600 acres. Oh, George Washington, my friends, he had some land. Actually, if you look beyond just his home site of 7,600 acres, and you looked at the land that he actually owned, he actually owned in different various states and various properties, he owned over 50,000 acres. And he was a great quoter. He believed this verse, even quoted this verse in a letter that he wrote to the Hebrew congregation in New Jersey, quoting this verse, but everyone shall sit under his vine and under his fig tree, and no one shall make them afraid for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. He was a big believer in the right of acquiring land and acquiring property. Praise the Lord. Well, Pastor Stephen, I don't need that much land. Maybe God sees something that's beyond even your personal need. And there's something that he wants you to have, perhaps for the blessing of his kingdom, for the furtherance of his kingdom. So there is an anointing right now to acquire, to acquire land, to acquire property. Praise God. Let's look at this briefly. This would be Matthew chapter 4. Praise God. Matthew 4, verse 13. And this referring to Jesus, and leaving Nazareth. He came and dwelt in Capernaum. Now we know that he was raised in Nazareth, grew up in Nazareth, but now he leaves Nazareth to relocate his ministry headquarters and leaving Nazareth. Remember, they didn't accept him there. They, they didn't embrace his ministry. He was not celebrated there and leaving Nazareth. He came and dwelt in Capernaum. He dwelt, he came and dwelt in Capernaum. Well, Pastor Stephen, that sounds like he had a house. Well, I, I think if you're going to go to a nation, excuse me, if you're going to go to go to a large city and you're going to establish a ministry base, and as your ministry begins to get moving and exposure, you end up in essence with the largest ministry, prophetic ministry in the nation. It only makes sense that when you come home from your itinerant travels that you would have a house. It appears very clearly that Jesus had a house even at the start of his ministry, even before he moved to Capernaum. It also appeared that he had a house. We see that very clearly in John chapter 1. Let me just read that to you. I know that sometimes people picture Jesus as being the barefoot preacher, walking around homeless, never having 
uh, anywhere to sleep at, just, you know, begging for a handout and stuff like that. But you don't see that in the Bible, my friends. John chapter 1, verse 38, then Jesus turned and seeing them following, those would be two disciples of John, said to them, what do you seek? They said to him, Rabbi, which is to say, when translated teacher, where are you staying? Where are you staying? Isn't it funny when they said, where are you staying? That he didn't say, well, now, you know, I know you want to see where I stay, but listen, if you're even thinking about following me, I need to let you know that foxes have holes in the ground and birds have nests in the trees, but I ain't got nowhere to lay my head. And, and so I don't have any, anything to show you of where I'm staying. No, he didn't say that, did he? By the way, people, isn't it amazing how some people that have a poverty mindset, they can only quote certain verses out of context, such as the one I just mentioned, which of course would be Matthew chapter 8, the story where Jesus said, foxes have holes in the ground and birds of the air have nests, but I don't have anywhere to lay my head. That's also prophetic in nature in the sense he's saying, Many of the Jewish people are rejecting me. I, I don't have anywhere to lay my head, the, the head representing Christ. And he's, he's saying, he's saying this body is rejecting me. And, and so I, I'm not being accepted. And at the same time, if you, if you want the literal translation, just read the context of what took place when he said that he basically was rejected from coming into this particular city and they, they said, we don't want your ministry in our city. and We don't want you coming in here. And when the city elders and the men rise up and say, hey, you're not coming in here. Jesus said, well, let's turn around and we'll, we'll go somewhere else. But nevertheless, it's nighttime. And you know what? There's not a holiday inn out here. And we're just going to have tonight, you know, pull out the, uh, the sleeping bags. Now, that didn't mean they did that every night here. Here they said, where are you staying? He said to them, come and see. Come and see. They came and saw where he was staying and remained with him that day. Now it was about the 10th hour. Come and see. Showed him where he's staying at. Praise God. He had his own residence, his own place to live at. Praise the Lord. I believe there is an anointing for you to acquire land, to acquire property. Whatever that property is, praise the Lord. Now, in the case of Abraham, with the covenant blessing of God coming on him, it was the acquirement of property of land. You can solve all the quarreling that takes place among the worldly people by simply sending them back to the Bible. That's, that will solve everything. Well, Pastor Stephen, that land belongs to the Palestinians. No, no. That land belongs to the, to the seed of Abraham. And God said, this is, this is your land. He told Abraham, this is your land forever. This is your land forever. It will always belong to the Jews. It's decreed by God. God's not changing his mind. He, he gave a contract on the land to the Jewish people forever. So uh, that it's, that's the way it is. Well, Pastor Stephen, that doesn't seem right. Well, it doesn't seem right maybe compared to you know, the crazy leftist political ideologies that are out there, but it rightfully belongs to the Jewish people. Praise the Lord. Genesis chapter 15, very quickly. There is an anointing for property. There is an anointing for you to acquire land. This year, I believe God's grace is going to be on you. You're going to acquire even multiple properties. Woo! 
Praise God. Mm, mm, mm. I'm telling you, there's an anointing on this message. This is the hour that we're in right now. Praise God. Genesis 15, verse 18. On the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying to your descendants, I have given this land from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates, the Kenites, the Kenizzites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Rephaim, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Gergesites, and the Jebusites, all that land, all that land. By the way, the Jebusites were the ones that had the stronghold of Jerusalem. David went and took Jerusalem. Well, Pastor Stephen, we need to divide Jerusalem, and uh, it doesn't really belong to the Jews. We need to give some to this group and that group. No, no, no. It all belongs to the Jews. Everything in the Holy Land, everything within this boundary belongs to the Jewish people. And only the devil would try to come in there and say, split the city. No, it's always been the eternal capital of Israel, Jerusalem, not Tel Aviv. Tel Aviv is only a modern day city, only coming into existence you know, about a hundred years ago. But Jerusalem has been the capital of Israel for thousands of years. Praise God. Hallelujah. This is their land. Anybody that would try to divide the land and take it away from the Jews or divide uh, Jerusalem is operating under an antichrist, false Christ spirit. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now we see here that the land belongs to the Jews under a promise that God gave to Abraham. God's very into land. God is very into the ownership and the acquiring of property such as land. Oh yes, he is. Praise God. Genesis chapter 26. We just saw the blessing to Abraham. Here is the blessing to Isaac, his son concerning the promised land. Ooh, hallelujah. Genesis 26, three, dwell in this land. That's the promised land. And I will be with you and bless you for to you and your descendants. I give all these lands and I will perform the oath, which I swore to Abraham, your father. So Abraham, Isaac. Now let's look at the promise that God made concerning land, the same land to Jacob, whose name was later changed to Israel. And now we have the nation of Israel. Genesis 28. I believe God's going to give you land. God's doing it. King Hezekiah didn't just have some kind of, you know, like, I just, I just have a land bug. I've been bitten by the land bug and I want to get land and property. No, it was God. God's giving him land. God is giving him the power to get wealth. The expression of wealth as that of land. And he had a lot of land. Praise the Lord. Genesis 28, 13. Here is the promise to Jacob. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. That is the promised land. In Israel, you hear the concept of Zion, Zionism. What is that exactly in the eyes of the Jewish people? Zionism to the Jew, the modern day Jew, is all about the land. That's the rebirth of the nation of Israel. Zionism. What is that? The land the nation, not just, see, they were offered land in, uh, what country was that? It was Uganda. They actually, some of the early pioneers thought, well, you know, I don't, 
it doesn't look possible that we could actually have the nation reborn in the literal land of Israel that was promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Maybe we can, maybe we could just move it to Uganda because the nation was offering a large plot of land. But no, the literal believers of Scripture came back and said, no, true Zionism is the land of Israel. And so that, that's why they're so attached to the land. Why? It's their land. God promised it to them. Woo! Hallelujah. You, you each have your own allotment. You each have your own inheritance. And like the Lord told them, even the 12 tribes, these are your allotments. Now, things outside of that doesn't belong to you. But this that has been promised to you, it is absolutely yours. Go take it. Praise God. Why? God, God promised it. God gave it to them. Who's to quarrel and argue with God? Only a fool. Praise the Lord. My friends, there is an anointing to acquire property and land. Land, even property. The Lord told me there would be those who would acquire unusual properties. Maybe somebody is going to acquire a hotel or a, a cafeteria or a large office building, or something like that. God even, this is amazing, the, the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit told me that somebody's going to acquire a yacht. Woo! Now, if that shot into your spirit, that could be something you really need to pray about. By, by, by the way, when you get it, swing by and pick me up. Carolina, North Carolina does have a beautiful coast. We have a port, the Port of Wilmington. Matter of fact, you could sell your yacht into Wilmington Port, and pick me and my wife up, and if your yacht's big enough, we can go right across the Atlantic, straight into the Mediterranean, and go visit Israel. Hallelujah. How about that? We can go to Haifa, or if you want to feel nostalgic and have reminiscing thoughts of Jonah, we can pull into the same harbor that he left from, Jaffa. Yes, it's still there. <laughs> and they have the world's best hummus, I've been told, there in that little bitty seaside village of Jaffa. Praise God. Ooh, glory to God. Maybe we'll make a stop there on our tour to Israel in just a few months and go try that hummus. Praise God. We have to tell the, the bus driver to pull over in Jaffa so we can try that hummus. Praise God. But by the way, if you get that yacht, ooh, hallelujah, let me know. I want to shout glory with you. Praise the Lord. Somebody's going to acquire a distinct property and people will look at you and say, how did you buy that? How did you take ownership of that? And you will say, God gave me the power to get wealth that he might establish his covenant, that all I do may be a vehicle to, pl to proclaim and to express the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm. When people see that land that you bought, they'll think, how did you get that? That's a large, tra uh, large acreage, a large tract. What are you going to do with it? Oh, it doesn't matter what I'm going to do with it. It matters that God is glorified, and God has blessed me, just like God blessed good old King Hezekiah, and gave him, gave him much property. God has also touched me with the same grace. Hallelujah. And if they, they want that anointing, you could pray for them to get it too. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But it's, it's, it's available now. As you drive around, look with the eye of faith. Is God trying to show you something? Mm, 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 mm. I drove by a lot on a golf course one time, the beautiful lot, and I just thought, I think I'm going to try to buy that. And I, I didn't, I didn't even have the money, but I think I'm going to try to buy that. I had, I had a little bit of money, but you know, nothing in the sense where I could just buy it outright. And uh, and and sometimes it's hard to get financing on land because on raw land, not everybody wants, not all lenders want to lend on that because. 
uh, if it doesn't have something built on it, 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 it's not as worth as, as much value to the bank or lending institution. So I thought, well, I probably can't get a, a loan on it. But I, I just thought, I think I can buy that lot. Still, I think I can buy it. And so I called the realtor and I made my own offer on my own terms. And I asked, I asked for owner financing. I thought it was the craziest thing in the world. And the, and the realtor didn't know what to think about it, but he said, I'll, I'll present it to the seller. And would you believe the seller said, yes, I'll, I'll absolutely do that. And my wife ended up buying that lot, paid the whole thing off. Absolutely beautiful lot right on the golf course. Woo. Beautiful. Well, we sold it. We sold it for the glory of God, for his purposes. Amen. And, and use the money to move forward into the plan that God has for us, our life in ministry. But nevertheless, I'm telling you, I've had some very unusual stories with money. And even my, uh, one, one of my spiritual mentors, Dr. Wade Taylor, he had a very unique anointing when it came to acquiring very rare properties. I'm talking multi-million dollar properties by the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's like the Lord would just flop them into his lap. And he, he would just find himself merging into the ability to buy something. I, I'm talking multi-million dollar properties. Praise God. So my friends, there's, there's a timing though for that. There's a timing and an anointing for it. And I believe that we're in it right now. Please lift your hands. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you're into land. You're into property. You're into various types of properties. And Father, you placed an anointing on King Hezekiah to acquire an aspect of wealth known as property. So Father, let your people begin now to walk in that same anointing through this window, prophetic window that is now open. Let them go forth with the eye of the Spirit, being able to see what you would want to show them. Sometimes it's hidden in very humble ways, but you will reveal what can be purchased and then maybe even sold later uh, or what can be purchased and used for your kingdom or what can be purchased for their own betterment. We just thank you, Father God. We thank you. Lord God, let that anointing that was on King Hezekiah touch your people now to acquire property in the name of Jesus. Spectacular properties in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Woo! Glory to God. I had a realtor, a spirit-filled realtor, uh, businessman, tell me one time that God told him to buy uh, this restaurant. And he's like, Lord, I, I'm not really in the restaurants. And the Lord said, buy it. I mean, this was a word of wisdom. God told him to do it. He did it and thought, well, maybe I'll get into the restaurant business and you know, open this place up. And so uh, he, he kind of, you know, spruced up the kitchen, put new appliances in it and stuff like that. This was a commercial restaurant. And he said he sold it. I can't remember how fast he said he sold it. I think like within a month, he already, somebody wanted to buy it. And he said, he said, Stephen, he said that month I made $4 million in one month through property transactions. And he said it was all God. He said, I, I can't take any credit at all. He said, all I did was do what just God told me to do. Wow. How about that? Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. There is an anointing right now to acquire property, whether that property is land, whether that property is a building. My friends have your spiritual antennas up. Father, let your people see it. Let there be empowerment, ability, and means for a transaction to be worked out. 
We thank you, Father, for the agreeable witness of your spirit. We bind any crazy things, Father God, that people are trying to do or trying to get into something that's not of you. So we thank you for peaceful. All of your works are governed by peace. Your wisdom is, is always governed by peace. We thank you, Father God, for strong leading of your spirit and your people catching the blessing and possessing the, the land or whatever this thing is, this, these types of things that King Hezekiah was able to pull in. Glory, Father, your people grabbing it. Yes. Yes, Father, we thank you for beautiful properties. Beautiful properties. Woo! Woo! Beautiful properties. Hallelujah. Maybe somebody's going to buy an island. I'm not saying that one is a thus saith the Lord. The Holy Spirit did tell me somebody's going to get a yacht. But uh, maybe somebody even wants to have an island. I, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, don't, don't limit God. Mm, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We thank you in Jesus' name. We thank you. Feel the peace. Feel the peace of God. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. It's done. Be, be, be looking. Be looking to possess your inheritance, your land. Let's take Holy Communion and celebrate the Lord. Let's take communion. Praise God. Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. We consecrate it now. This is now the flesh and blood of Jesus. We believe that by faith, according to the Gospel of John, chapter 6, that this is now the flesh and blood of Jesus. Father, we look at it, we see bread and juice, but we know by faith that this is the body and the blood of Jesus. We thank you, Father God, as we receive the flesh of Jesus, his body. We thank you, Father God, that we step out into these promises. Second Chronicles 32, 27, of acquiring property for your glory. Oh, yes. Thank you, Father God. We'll dance all over it. In the name of Jesus, we receive it by faith. We receive his body in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. You need to drive and pray in the Spirit. Hallelujah. Just pray in the Spirit and worship the Lord. Lord, you're the same God of King Hezekiah. Lord, he's up there in heaven with you now. And Lord, I'm down here on this earth. I thank you that your same anointing is available for the acquiring of beautiful properties. Thank you, Father. Woo! Mm-mm. Hallelujah. There, there's going to be some of you that a seller is going to come up to you and approach you directly, or you're going to hear them talking about something that they need to sell. And it will, it will be the Lord in that. Oh yes, we bind anything that would be false, that would not be of the Lord. But I'm talking about God moments. When somebody comes up and says, hey, would you like to buy my property? Mm, you, you should go look at it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus and the miracles that you're doing in our lives. Father, receive all the praise, receive all the glory. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Be looking. Be looking for your God properties. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You'll find that when you've done it once, 
there's an anointing that can come. You can do it again, and then you can do it again, and then you can do it again, and so forth. But see, I'm saying it's time. It's time. Pastor Stephen, I've never had my own home. I've lived in apartments, or I've rented, or I've leased all my life. Woo! Oh, believe the word. Hallelujah. The anointing to acquire property. Praise God. Praise God. God's making a way. Father, we thank you. We praise you. Bless your people as they go forth in faith, carrying this message in their hearts. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for watching. I'll see you back next time. For more information about the ministry of Apostle Stephen Brooks, visit our website at stephenbrooks.org.